Kia ora team and welcome to the Beyond the Surface podcast. My name is Noah Woolof and on today's episode, I'm joined by the founder of Skip the Boat, Herman. The freedom to dream is a privilege in itself. This has grown to be one of my favorite quotes and is one of the t-shirts which Herman has created through Skip the Boat. Herman has created something pretty special with this company. They're pushing the limits for what is possible for a clothing brand, but they've really just got on top of the culture and they understand the community and they're delivering so much value for them. From running live shows all across the country, bringing international acts into New Zealand, running gigs at car parks and skate parks, the creative flair of this individual is next to none. I think you'll get a lot of value out of this episode if you're into entrepreneurship and just creativity, definitely worth a watch. As always, I really appreciate all of the support from everyone tuning in and also providing feedback after each episode. If you do have any feedback you'd like to drop by, please flick it through to Instagram. I try to get back to everybody um, and also any suggestions around potential guests will be much appreciated. If you are enjoying the content, please remember to click follow on Spotify and also rank the show five stars. Goes a long way in supporting the podcast and getting it to new listeners. Welcome to episode number 25. So I'm Herman Jagpal. I'm 25 years young. Um, I'm from Hamilton and um, I run a brand called Skip the Boat. Uh, it's like we do clothing, we do events. Um, it's just a movement for the youth, I guess, but... It's yeah. awesome, bro. Yeah, and I'm wearing one of your t-shirts at the moment, um, which is which is really sick. But I wanted to unpack just how you first started into your journey into entrepreneurship, and how did you did like were you one of those cliche like Gary V kids like selling like lemons at a lemonade stand when you're like seven? Like when did you first start thinking that you got those sort of business traits? Um, honestly, it was it was probably like at the age of I would say like thirteen, fourteen. Um, I, I used to edit like Call of Duty videos oh, nice. and um, from that, like I, I relate a lot of the stuff that I learned from that into what I do now because it was, it was almost like a business. So, you know, there was this whole scene of people that were like graphic designers, video editors, and it kind of just like put in small little aspects that I use now like all the time. And then I, I just picked up from the stuff that I used then and I just kind of amplified it and relate it back to the stuff that I do now. Mm. Um, so I feel like that, that, that was kind of like the early stages. And then, and then I remember at some point in high school or, or maybe just after high school, um, I was real into football and I was like, oh, I'm going to start like a business where I set up these like football five-a-side games and I'll just like go around I'll get a bunch of people to play and I'll charge everyone like 10 bucks and I'll just buy this like cheap equipment and I'll keep keep on doing it um, and then I started doing that and we had people come through and then my sister was like you know that you have to pay tax on that right and I was like oh okay what's tax fuck that. I was like, <laughs> yeah I was like no nah, like I'm good I just quit it then I was like I can't be bothered yeah um but yeah I feel like those were kind of like the early stages other than that um yeah, I don't think there was really anything else that mm. kind of pushed me to that direction at all. That's cool, man. And I remember, yeah, like like the COD days. So were you were you like recording the clips, editing them, putting them up on YouTube, like three sixty no scopes, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember begging my dad to buy me like um, it was it was essentially like a PVR. It was like to to record all my footage and everything. And I was like, Dad, please, like, I need this. Like, like you just don't understand. Like, this, this is going to help me out so much. And he's like, why don't you just use, like, your phone and just film? I was like, no, no, because it has to be, like, high quality. Because like, I have to edit it. And, and I need everyone to, be, like, see it and be like, holy shit, this is something incredible. Um, yeah. It's wicked, bro. It um, and how did you land on to skip the boat? Um, so the idea for it, 
I think it stemmed from, do you remember like way back in the day, especially on YouTube where you would have to find like uncopyrighted music mm. for like all your videos? Um, so I found like a real joy in trying to find these artists that were super, super underrated and no one had really like heard of. But to me, I was like, whoa, these artists are super, super talented. Mm. So kind of artists like Logic way before he blew up yeah, and like all, all, all these guys like Skizzy Mars and shit. And um I just remember feeling like this is like the coolest thing ever. Like not many people know of these artists, but I do and the others that do, it's it's just like the coolest little community of people that like, yo, if you know, you know. So it kind of stemmed from that. And then I think it was at uni where it really hit, where I was like going out to parties and stuff and going to the club and I was like, all, all of this is like, I just seemed so unfazed. I was like, this is so boring. Like this is mm-hmm. not the stuff that I want to hear. I really wish someone would be doing events where I could hear the stuff that I, I'm really into. Mm. Um, so there was a friend of mine that said then why don't you just do it and it just kind of clicked on me I was like okay maybe I should just do it Um, because I would talk about it every single week and I was like I'm talking I'm talking but I'm not really doing anything to like justify the words that I'm speaking Mm. Um, so it was summer of 2019 2020 and I said fuck it I'm just gonna go all in and if it works it works if it doesn't um, that's that's cool too but at least I tried Mm. and yeah, I mean, I just took inspiration from the stuff that I had learned previously. And the biggest thing for me was just l- to learn as I went. Mm. So everything I did, I, w- I would make a million mistakes, but I would learn something from it. And I knew that if I kept on going with that, eventually I would learn a, a, like 100 new things mm. and 1,000 new things. And that, that was just going to improve the way that I did everything. Mm, I love that, bro. And so you were at university at the time. What were you studying? I studied sports management. Yeah, so very different to what you're doing now. Yeah, well, I was really into football. So, like, my big thing was, like, I don't care what I'm doing. I just want a job in football. So that was my big thing. And then as I was doing the course, I slowly started to, like, lose interest in it. And I started to shift that interest from the sports side. And and I still took things from what I was learning because it was kind of like the business side of sport. So I took a lot of, like, business aspects in, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, like, marketing um, and I took that and I kind of just applied it into a different sense of like social media and music and clothing. Mm, that's nice. Something I'm really keen to unpack with you as well, and I think it's quite genius what you've done with Skip the Boat, is you've really blended your customer base and your marketing and your following through the use of like live events and running you know, these massive gigs right across the country. And that's what you're in Wellington for. You got a gig. Uh, I think tomorrow, and then you're down to, is it Christchurch, then Dunedin? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've been able to like blend both of your passions, but really that's enabled like a really massive, almost cult-like following of your brand, which you don't really see through other companies. Like I love I Love Ugly. They're like, that's like my favorite clothing, uh, clothing brand, but they don't have that... I guess they do this. That's probably not the best example because they've got like a podcast. You can learn more about V, the founder. But a lot of those other brands, all you see is the fashion label, right? But you're like enabling the community to sort of get involved into the culture, which then, you know, drives and supports your clothing company. So it's like, yeah, I just want you, can you unpack the sort of thought process around blending clothing what you're doing with skip the boat plus this whole other element which people might not even know about they might just see your t-shirts and your clothing but you've actually got all of this other stuff behind the scenes yeah well i mean i guess it's kind of in like two aspects it's like one where for me the clothing stuff would have never happened unless covid hit because the the initial idea for the brand was always solely just music events and concerts 
um, COVID hit and I didn't want that momentum to like disappear, even though it was like a very little piece of like momentum, there was still something. Um, so I was like, okay, I need a way to kind of keep this alive. I, I still need to be doing something. So I spent the entirety of like lockdown just learning about how clothing is produced, how you do it, how, how you can create designs and put them on a t-shirt, like the whole process. And I just spent all that time doing that. And then when we were almost out of lockdown, um, I remember I released like my first collection and people just seemed to love it. And it did really, 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 really well. Um, and it worked so well because I think music and fashion are so like intertwined mm. where people that really love music are super into fashion and vice versa. So it kind of allowed two of these different kind of audiences to kind of merge into mm. one. It's the culture, right? Yeah, exactly. And then the other aspect of everything was in terms of like the BTS stuff we do and like the vlog episodes and kind of just showing people like the journey and the process. I really, really value that because one, it's just a personal thing for me where I really want to be able to see that in five, 10 years time. Mm, yeah, Cause right. I think it, it's just so cool to look back on moments and see how they were created. Mm. And two, I think it's so intriguing for people because you don't normally see that. There, there's a lot of brands and just people that are doing cool stuff that no one has idea how, how it came about because they didn't document it. Mm. Um, and being able to document it and show everyone how it's done also allows them to think, okay, these guys are doing it and this is how they're doing it. Like all the sources there, like they can learn from it and do it themselves. Mm. And by doing that, they, they, they start to see their dreams that they may have and they start to see that distance between their, their dreams and what they're doing now a lot you know, just get smaller mm. and smaller because they're like, okay, it's not, it's not this crazy big company with a thousand employees and millions of dollars. It's just a small group of kids that just fucking love what we're doing. Yeah, right. And we just, wait, can I swear on this? I feel oh, like. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um, it's just a small group of kids that, that love what they're doing yeah. and just want to show people how, how it's all done. Yeah. Um, and we, we try to steer away from this whole, like, the the idea of like because I feel like it's real easy to make stuff super super corny and um I think if, if like it could easily be pre presented in that way if it was more of like oh a tutorial like this is how we do do this or this is how we do this but if we just genuinely just capture raw moments mm. and show people that they get to understand the entire journey of how we started and how we are with absolute no filter mm. you know and I feel like that's the best way to really learn it's mm. huge eh? and the, like totally resonate with what you're saying like even with the with the podcast, what we're doing with Beyond the Surface is like for myself personally in almost like a selfish way, like I want to capture these moments, you know, while I'm young, I'm 25, same age as you. And hopefully those can be like cool stories that my daughter can one day reflect on when she's, you know, eventually my age. She can be like, well, I can listen to my dad when he was, you know, That's 20, awesome. 24, 23 yeah, and that. hear the stories of his life. Like, so there's that whole like story, um, storytelling element to it. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's totally sick what you're doing, man. And would you say like through the selling the clothing and like the tees and the hoodies and, um, and all your products, that essentially like finances basically the other stuff? Essentially everything that we do is, is funded through the sales of our clothing. Mm. Besides, see like for the longest time, we really struggled to get sponsors. Um, mainly for for the reason that a lot of the companies that would come and like approach us or that we would approach would essentially want us to sell something a certain way or pre or present ourselves a certain way to the people and and the one value that that we always focus on is always just being absolutely transparent and real and a lot of companies and businesses just don't like that because they want stuff to be fed a certain way to people um but recently we 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 had a chance to work with Jägermeister who were super 
cool and on board because the way that they spoke to us said, look, we love what you guys are doing. We, we don't want you to change anything. Keep doing the way, keep doing exactly what you're doing and present stuff the exact same way that you do. Because nice. like, like it's important that, that people kind of understand that this idea of trying to like shift and like change and like how you present to like sell stuff to people, it, it, it all it really does is just push like the, the consumer further and further away because mm. what you want to do is just keep it real and authentic because people can see right through all the bullshit, especially now how there's so many fake ads and sponsored stuff that people see and like, okay, well, yeah. that, that, that I was obviously paid for. Totally. You know, so people like Jaeger coming to us and saying, yo, keep doing what you're doing, just m maybe mention us in it, mm. you know, and, and the way that they say that and the way that they talk with us is super, super cool and I love working with people that allow us to do that. Mm. Um, but other than that, not too many people or I guess like corporate businesses really fuck with us because we keep it 100% transparent and real, which is understandable. But I mean, our, our priority isn't really pleasing these businesses. It's about pleasing the people. That's so cool. that's, that's awesome. always our number one priority. And in terms of numbers, bro, like through the clothing company, through Skip the Boat, like, because this is your full-time job, like you, you don't have, do you have like another sort of nine to five or... No, this no. is my full-time thing now, awesome. which is, which, you know, it's, it's a blessing. Right, it's a blessing. unreal, living the dream, literally. 100%, it's awesome. 100%. Um, like, in terms of numbers, like, how many people are you engaging with or are you selling your products to on, like, an sort of average year? It, it's it's really tough to tell because um, I think the brand is, like, growing at such, like, a rapid rate where um, at times it, it's, you know, like, we could do a week where we sell maybe to 20 people. And then we, we can have a really crazy week where we sell to 2,000 people. Wow. Um, but the brand is coming up to nearly a million dollars in sales, which is just incredible to even think about. You know mm. what I mean? Like I never really thought that it would happen this – like I, I knew eventually everything that, that I envisioned will happen. But the speed at which it's happening is kind of surreal to me to like really see that there's this much support. But I think the reason that is is there was an obvious like gap in this market and the fact that we, we were kind of able to come in and fill it has just been the perfect way to kind of just launch this brand because it, it's, it's only been around for, what, maybe three and a half years now. That's crazy. Which is, yeah, because, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to achieve what, what the brand's achieved yeah. this quick. So Yeah, that's yeah, huge. What have been some of, like, the biggest lessons or mistakes that you've made along the way On a, uh, from a business <laughs> perspective? Like, the thing is, like, there's so many, and like, even to this day, um, I'm learning and trying to like get better and better at what I do. Um, I feel like almost every single day I'm making mistakes, but I love that as well mm. because the more mistakes I'm making, um, the quicker I'm, I'm able to learn from them mm. and get better and better and better. Um, but Point, points you in the right direction, eh? Oh, 100%. 100%. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of the time people start to see, um, you know, things that kind of go wrong and they start to question like, okay, like, why is this happening to me? And like, you know, I'm done with it and they just give up. But for me, it's more just like, all right, why is this happening and how can we better it to just become better and improve ourselves for the future? Mm. Um, so I think it's it's really a mindset thing. Um, but I think when you have the right mindset of how to really take on challenges that, that you face, the better it will be for you in the long run because you're just going to learn and learn and get better and better at like what you do. Mm. So I think it's a mindset thing for sure. But mm. yeah, honestly, there's there's so many. I mean, I, I, it would be hard to pick out one. I feel like... Is there one that just comes to mind where you're like, fuck, why'd I do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I was going to say um, 
literally like maybe two weeks ago we we went to a casino and put it all on red and lost um it, it's not like a mistake like how much you put on red it was four grand bro but, <laughs> but the thing is so like i mean we like it, it, everything that we do isn't really about the money yeah. and then the reason why we did that is we had this whole drop that that was centered around all right look there's two t-shirts there's a black design there's a red design which whichever one um Mm. gets the most sales is the color that we're going to put all of the profit from both t-shirts on and and the idea was <laughs> cool, that such a good idea. yeah and, and, and the idea was that if we won everyone that bought that t-shirt would get their money back essentially getting a free t-shirt um but no definitely not a mistake i just thought i mean it, it, it hurt a bit at the time do you guys just go home like afterwards yeah like, it, it, was, it was a real bit of a weird vibe because like there was such a big like build up to it um where we're like okay shoot like because like I don't ever like gamble. Like I never gamble. Yeah. So like even being in a casino was like a weird feeling for me. It's a strange place. Um, eh? Yeah. And, and I was with Val and Zach and we, we, we just walked in. We were so confused because like we walked into it and we're like, whoa, like this is like the craziest thing ever. There's so many like lights going on. There's so many people. And um, so many lost souls. Eh? Yeah, for real. And, and just like the, the like process of getting up to the point of even placing the bit for us was such like a mission. And it feels like there was this long buildup of doing it and then essentially... And it was gone. Yeah. Um, and, and it was kind of like an awkward feeling. I was like, whoa, okay, well, that's done. And then just like that that walk back was just like the weirdest feeling ever that we just, it was gone. It's crazy. Man, imagine the high once you like landed that though. Like what, what, what would you have gotten if that did land on red? Honestly, um, I was talking about this with Vio and um, we said, oh, if it hits, do we go again? <laughs> um, and I Double think, up. yeah, you know, um, yeah, but like... I remember like us going back and forth like a million times. Like, okay, if it hits, do we go again? And then if that one hits, do we go again and again? <laughs> you know, and it was just like, we were thinking so far into the future, like, oh, if it hits, you know, we could essentially make like 100K if we just keep on going. Um, but we didn't really get that far. Um, it went once and we lost it. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll never know what happens. Maybe next time, eh? Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's awesome. When it comes to, and what I also love about Skip the Boat is you sort of, you really push the limits with the marketing of your products. Like I've never heard of any like clothing company doing anything like that where you're gonna like bet if it was gonna be black or white and then return some of those profits back to the people that finance that t-shirt drop, which is just wild. I think you did one as well. What was it? Um, the sort of like pay what you want. So mm. like, what's the sort of firstly, I guess, how do you come up with those ideas? And second. Are they always like financially? Do they always work for you, or sometimes is it like shit? Why do I? Why do I do? You're shaking your head. No, nah, well, like they don't always work. A lot of the time, they don't work at all. Yeah, like the thing is, it, it's never about the money. Like at the end of the day, um, people will kind of see us like, why, why would you do that if you're not going to make money? But um, the the way that we kind of see it is, it, it's it's an investment. Um, you know, some people would spend 4k on doing like this crazy ad and like mm-hmm. getting billboards around. But our 4K that, that we lost in red was the promotion of getting up to that point. Um, yeah, so I think it doesn't always work in a sense of like seeing it in a perspective of making money, but it's working in a sense of it's growing the brand. Yeah. Um, and even if it's not growing the brand, at least we did it because at least, you know, it was maybe a fun idea. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Where do you get those ideas from? So those ideas, so it's mainly me and Val that kind of like sit down and we just try to think about this. So the casino one was Val's idea from like, geez, it was probably like 
over a year ago now where he just called me. I, th- I think I was in Christchurch and he called me and he's like, yo, I got this crazy idea. And I, I like heard it and I was like, okay, now this is cool. But like we never acted on it until literally like two weeks ago. I'm like, okay, you know what, let's do it now. Um, but yeah, a lot of the ideas are just from us just, I guess, being in calls and just trying to brainstorm and just try to think of a million things and just stuff around us. You know, I feel like there's so many cool people that are doing super cool stuff that we can kind of draw inspiration from and kind of take other ideas and, and draw inspiration from that and just see how a million different things around us just in life in general mm. that may not even be re- like related to clothing or events at all yeah. can somehow be implemented into those to have this crazy, insane idea. Mm. Do you have, you probably won't give it away, but have you got any like massive ideas coming up for the end of this year or even moving into the future? A million and one. Honestly, there's, there's so many. Um, and I feel like our, our biggest thing at the moment is trying to find the time to do them all mm. before someone else does them, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny because literally the other day we, we had this idea um, from ages ago of doing an, an event in a certain way and then we like drove past as we were driving and there was a billboard that essentially said that same idea. Oh, wow. That was ours, but it was way more like commercialized. Yeah. And we're like, damn, like maybe if we did just do that idea, you know, it could have been a huge hit. Yeah. But yeah, so like I feel like so- sometimes our, our biggest... Um, just issue is trying to get all these ideas out as quickly as possible, mm. but still being able to fund them all and still being able to like, you know, push them out with, with enough space between each other. Mm. Um, because I feel like if you don't act on your ideas, um, someone else will and, you know, they'll reap the rewards of them. So true. And like the amount of times throughout the day where <coughs> you'll be thinking and you'll be like, man, that's a really good idea. And something will just pop up like this moment of gold and you're like, oh, I won't write it down. I'll remember it later. And then it comes to like an hour later, you're like, fuck, what was I thinking about? And it's just gone. Like yeah. ideas, they almost develop at like the right time for you. And you've really got to like act on it when they when they arrive in your, in your brain. It's like, what even is an idea? It's crazy. It's basically magic, eh? <laughs> and like, I guess everything, which is crazy to me, has been birthed out of an idea from someone's head. Like we're mm. just living in the reality of people's ideas, basically. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's weird to think about, but yeah, I I agree completely. Um, I feel like there's too many people that have like j- just people that I've met um, in in general have just have awesome ideas, but they'll never act on them. And it's like, what is the purpose of an idea if you're not even going to act on it? You know, mm. like it's pointless. It's it's never you know it's not worth anything unless there's like a motive behind it and there's action behind it. Mm. Um, but I feel like that's a real common thing because I feel like almost everyone is is cre- creative in a sense that someone is creative in their own way of you know mm. whatever it may be. Um, but it's just the difference between those who achieve something versus those who don't really is the action behind mm. those ideas that they have. Totally agree, man. Um, when it comes to your mindset, like it's very obvious you've got a really rock solid mindset when it comes to like the strategic vision and the creativity which underpins um, your company. Have you always been really like really tight with the mindset of the company? Like since the very start, have you always had that really strong like creative vision for where you want to see it like end up? I think it's a lot to do with like discipline and um and how strong like your vision for what you see it is um i think when your vision is not as strong it's kind of difficult to be like all right this has to be this way or this has to be this way but i think when you know exactly what you want it doesn't matter who 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 you're speaking to or what's happening 
it, it's it's a pretty simple, you know, mm. straightforward answer for almost everything. Like your 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 thing must align with what you see in your head in order for it to come alive. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you did, do you reckon you got taught some of your traits, or even like your like the mindset that you have around your business from anyone in particular? Like, do you have any like role models, like even your parents or? I think in terms of like discipline and stuff, I, I learned that a lot from my parents because m- my parents came from India um, at like a very young age, at like 20, and they essentially started out with like nothing. So mm. discipline for them in, in order for like them to be able to feed their family was huge, you know. Um, it was their work ethic that I think r- I, I took a lot of like inspiration from, um, mm. just seeing how how they work yeah. and, and how they get things done. Yeah. So I think that was definitely a big, big... Um, thing for me in my life just growing up and seeing mm. how they did yeah mm. seeing just like the daily grind day eh, and seeing 100%. your parents work hard I think that's so important um, what did they do when they came into New Zealand like what sort of jobs were they working in um, so I think my dad started off by like w- working on a farm and essentially he, he was getting paid like barely anything but he got to like stay somewhere for free and he was just doing it grinding his way up and then um, when my mum came over I think she uh, like from what I remember, like I know that they worked a bunch of other things, but from my memory, from like when when, when I was young, um, my mum's always worked at like a supermarket, mm-hmm. and I know my dad's had like a multitude of like different jobs where where he worked at like a factory, and then he was a bus driver for a while, and then he went to like a supermarket. But regardless of like what they like, it, it's not like they came here and that's what they like dreamt to do mm-hmm. or, or you know aspire to do. But they knew that that's kind of what they had to do in order to like provide, you know, for, for their family mm. and, and a bit of life for their family. Yeah, it's amazing, eh? Like the balls it takes to jump to another country and just you know throw all your eggs in one basket and be like, I'm going to make this happen. It's, yeah. it's 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 cool when you grow up, you can like really appreciate what your parents have done for you, eh? For sure, yeah. And I feel like that's a big reason why I feel I I should be chasing my dream. Mm. Um, because they've sacrificed so much to for, for for me to be like in this position, and I feel like if if I don't try and at least attempt to chase my dream, it's kind of gone to waste. You know, mm. like I, I've been put in this position where I I have like the freedom to dream essentially. You know, mm. so I I should not like waste it because it's kind of like I guess dishonoring them. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. When it comes to running your live events as well, like the gigs that you put on, you've had like a few international acts coming through. You've probably been doing that for a couple of years now. Um, the gigs are also free. How does how the how the hell does that work, and how do you manage it? Like you get some fucking huge crowds coming through. Yeah, so so we did. It was like maybe a five or six part series of free shows, and the idea behind it was we were going to go to all of like the major cities and throw a show for free where no one would have to pay anything. Um, we would essentially be paying for all of it out of pocket. And I think after we did all of them, we spent nearly a quarter of a million in doing so. But to the people, it was a thing where they could experience this music and see what the brand's all about um, without having to pay a single cent. You know, and, and the idea was never like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to bring these artists over and we're going to put these artists on board and we're going to throw this gig in order to like make a shit ton of money and you know and then, and then and then we'll be rich it was just solely like let's bring cool like-minded people together and let's just see what that does you know mm. how how the community evolves and how the movement grows just by doing good um so the motive was always just we're gonna do good and we're gonna do what we believe in 
fuck the money because if we if, if we truly believe in what we're doing the money's going to come eventually you know mm. like that that's not a concern it, it, it'll be there and and w- when we get it it will feel so much more like we we earned it as long as we do what we truly believe in mm. um yes yeah, so we brought over um kamiyada from america he, he was our first ever artist we brought from america and he's actually touring with us now um and we brought over dc the don we brought over matt ox christ dillinger there's a bunch of artists and then the big goal was if we had these big names, we could then put a lot of local talent that we really, really believe in and we think are super, super talented on the bill as well. And that was just going to uplift their careers as well because mm. if people are coming to see these bigger artists, they're going to have to see these smaller ones as well, if, you know, if, if, if they're going to be there. Mm. And um, it was just kind of a way to promote New Zealand music. Um, and that that was always the goal from like the very first show that I ever did. It was just I, I stumbled upon these really really talented NZ artists that I was like, how come no one's ever heard of them? Like, how come these guys aren't being pushed at all? Mm. So this was like maybe the best way to really promote our artists is to get some other artists that maybe bigger, put them on there with them, and really try to push their name as well. Mm. What like in terms of the logistics as well around making an event which is just free, like just rock up. Is there, like, because I'm sure you've probably had this through a lot of, like, corporates. I think I saw a video on your Instagram where, like, venues have been pulled, like, the week of when they've realised it's, like, a ticket list event. Like, what's some of the stuff that people might not realise about running a sort of free-range event like that? Like, what are some of the things you've got to watch out for? Well, the thing for us was that we were really trying to, like, push the boundaries with our free events. Like, we didn't just want to do a free event in a normal venue. You know, like we thought, okay, yeah, like it's cool that it's free and, and we have these artists and stuff, but like what's really m- making it special? Mm. Um, so our, our big thing was we want to use venues that are typically not used for shows. So like warehouses and car parks and, st- and stuff like that where like their experience, like their whole experience since they walk in would just be incredible re- regardless of the music. Mm. At least they're walking into something where, which, which is normal. New. Yeah, you know. Um, so I think that taking that into account is what really caused us issues because we had a bunch of issues in terms of like the council, the police, and just trying to work through that was the biggest pain in the world. I think the last time we did a show in Wellington, we we had to move from one warehouse to another, and then when, when we were in that warehouse, we got kicked out of it 24 hours out no because way. the police were just not like fucking with it at all. Um, and it meant that we had to like try to find like a backup in essentially 24 hours. I think that was the most hectic 24 hours of my entire life. <laughs> um, but there's a lot that kind of goes into it, but I think... The thing that makes it so much easier um, is is working alongside people that can understand the vision as well. And as long as everyone kind of has a role in that in that process of trying to put this together, mm. it it makes things a lot a lot le- a, a way more smoother. Because mm. trying to do all your ideas in your head, and the bigger the ideas get, the harder it is to do it just by yourself. Mm. So you kind of need to like outsource and look to people that, that can understand your vision, which is also another thing because I find it very difficult to work with people that, that don't see the vision, you know. But if you find, like, the right people with, like, the right mindset, you know, I, I really believe that kind of anything is possible, you know. Mm. And I feel like we've kind of started to, like, build a team that is almost like a dream team in a sense where I, I know that the people that we work with, we can kind of put any idea in our head and br- br- bring it to life. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what's, like, the biggest sort of numbers that you've got at one of your shows? That's tough. I think 
it, it's it's kind of harder to count with the free shows. Um, sure, I used to like he count. <laughs> yeah, but like we, we we would like try and count, but it was just way more difficult because yeah, it was a whole different like aspect of things. But I think we did. Um, I think we did maybe like around like the six hundred mark when we did one in Hamilton, um, and that was like essentially like in this massive car park. Um, which we just like fully revamped and chucked in like these walls and just had like a massive stage in there. Um, and just felt like just seeing that crowd of people and like the lines of people that line up because it, it, it kind of worked on a basis of like first in, first served. Yeah. Um, so people would essentially text this number and we would send them the address and would say first in, first served. Mm. So we, we would see kids that line up like from the morning at like 10 a.m., just like waiting to come in. And then by the time that we opened doors, there would be a line of kids just wrapped around a block. Crazy. Um, and just seeing that kind of turnout was just such like a surreal thing because it's like, all right, we, we've spent a month just trying to put this together and to see that this many people want to be in there so bad that they're coming in early, that they're lining up. I'm pretty sure like at the Hamilton show, just as we were about to open doors, um, it starts to like pour down with rain. And I'm like, these kids are still staying out here. Like, they don't care. Like, they want to be out here because they want to get inside the in, in, inside the car park. Crazy. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I feel like the way that we kind of do things, like it's it's, it's always been focused and cent- centered around the underground. Mm. And I, um, I've always preached that it's never about like the number of people, but it's it's about the energy mm. and um, what those people are gonna bring. Mm. And the thing with our shows is whether we have, you know, like 100 people or a thousand people. It's it's gonna feel insane because those one hundred people are gonna be going absolutely crazy and the energy is gonna be there. Mm. Um, and I've I've just found that with these underground shows and with this kind of like genre of music, um, these people just love feeling like they're a part of something mm. and they feel special about being in there. And they give these artists like one hundred and ten percent every single time. What do the international artists think when they get like a taste of probably performing in New Zealand for the first time? I think I saw on your Instagram there was that like. I don't know what he was called, but it was like kind of like skinny white American guy. <laughs> like, yeah, Matt Ox. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he just seemed hilarious. I just wanted to like talk to him, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, he was cool. It, it was like, I think going into it prior to booking him, I kind of thought, um, I, I felt like as if he, he was kind of putting on an act or something. Yeah. But like when you meet the guy, that's generally that like who like? he is. Because yeah. almost seemed, when I saw the video, I was like, okay, this he must be like playing a character. Like nah. it's a bit of a meme. You yeah, no, nah, but like that's generally who he is <laughs> and he has a lot of energy. Um, but they all love it, man. Like everyone that we've ever brought out has just had the greatest time here. Um, and, and we always try to be as like welcoming as possible and really like give them a good experience, you know, outside of the event as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that everyone that we've brought over has just, you know, has had an amazing time. And now, and now that we're touring with Kamiyata, who we brought over last year, you know, it's cool that we're able to actually take him around the whole country and show him that. That's super cool, bro. Yeah. What do you reckon that, um, American artist, what do you reckon he's doing right now? If you were to guess. <laughs> Probably like smoking weed or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. He just like such a trapper, right? Yeah. yeah. No, nah, he, he, he was like a very interesting dude. Like he's, he's cool. He was a cool guy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was real buzzy to see that um in person because like in my head i just always imagine like oh it, it's maybe like an act but now like from the moment that, that we picked him up from the airport he was exactly how you would imagine him to be that's so funny have you got any like particular stories when he was like any funny moments there were a lot of moments to be honest i i don't know how many i should even talk about but um 
I mean, the stories for days. There's, there's, there's so many stories that, like, I, I don't know how many he would want me to speak about. Um, yeah, God, so, you've so got to say one now. You got to. I was telling me not to. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, he was a good dude, um, and he 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 had an amazing time here. I, th- I think he went. Um, I I think he jumped off the the, the sky tower with. Um, you know how they do the. Oh yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. so I, I think he did that, and Shiraz was with him when he did that. I think that was a real buzzy moment because like <laughs> like there's a video of him as he comes down. He's like, "Holy shit, this was crazy!" And he was like super geeked out about it. Um, and then just like experiencing like the NZ like this the stuff we have it like going to a dairy and buying like a meat pie or yeah, just like yeah. all these like I think Matt Ox one, one time it was like one of the first days he like went to the dairy and he comes back and he's got like like eight eight like juices with him and he's like dude like look at this Kerry juice like is is, is this shit good and it's like all these flavors of juice and he's like so gassed about all these like juices that like we see every single day that is so funny um, whereabouts yeah. from the States is he from? Um, I think he's from Philly oh yeah true yeah. well different worlds eh different yeah, worlds real. Um, when it comes to what sets Skip the Boat apart from other like clothing brands, what would those like key three things be? I think um, one, one, it's our transparency, um, no filter. We keep everything one hundred percent real, and we tell people everything that that we're doing. You know, and I think people appreciate that. Um, I think I think another big thing that that really sets us apart is I feel like we're always doing something. Um, I think there's a lot of brands where they'll kind of come and go. I mean, I've just seen that from my time being here where there'll, there'll be a real cool brand. I'm like, yo, like mm. their stuff is crazy. And then a month later, like they just go and just disappear. Mm. And, um, yeah, so I think our like consistency to like always be doing something or always trying to come up with like new ideas to get people involved. Mm. And then l- lastly, I just feel like it's that sense of like community and belonging. Mm. I think that that's one big thing that we preach and that we, we, we always continue to preach that, you know, everyone that, that we, we ever meet, like, we, we truly, like, appreciate them um, and we, we want them to achieve their dreams as much as we get to live our dreams. Um, so just trying to inspire other people and empower them as well to, 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 to be able to live their dreams is mm. a big thing and I think that's just generated this amazing community of people that love it and that want to see other people win which is a big thing that we just don't see in the country. So mm. being able to really go against the grain in that, um, which is even sad to say that <laughs> that's against the grain, mm. but being able to do that is, is is amazing. And, you know, everyone that's a part of this brand or if a supporter of this brand is just a good fucking person. Yeah, bro. Like, and obviously the support speaks for itself. I think I saw that video of that drop you did in Auckland you're like in an ice cream truck I don't know how you got that ice cream truck that was the coolest thing ever dude oh, I <laughs> couldn't even believe how many people were there just like yeah. showed up can you speak a bit more around like that day and that, what happened that was genuinely like I feel like that was like one of like the best days of my life um, so 24 hours um, prior to this meetup so like we, we, we advertised like a meetup and like yo like come here we're, we're gonna give out a bunch of shit and we had like three four thousand dollars worth of stock and we're like you know what fuck it we're just gonna give it out to people, um, so twenty four hours prior to that meet we we dropped like a location and we said all right meet us here at this time, and is this in, it's in Auckland yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was it was like a random like Wilson car park in Auckland that like we just found that we just saw like well it's like the coolest spot it was so like like aesthetically like grunge and everything it was so cool. Um, and we we weren't really sure on like how many people were really going to pull up to it because we're like oh like maybe there's going to be five or maybe there's five hundred like you know like well, there was no way to really tell because 
it wasn't a ticketed thing. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, yo, pull up here and we're going to give away a bunch of free shit. And I remember as the day was going along, because I think it was at like 4 p.m., um, people started like sending me um, photos and like videos of them already being there. It was like 10 a.m., like 9 a.m. And people were, like already waiting. I was like, oh, shit, like, maybe like this is going to be a lot bigger than we're like, even like thinking about. You know, um, and there were people there. They were like tagging up the walls with STB. I was like, yo, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> and they were climbing up on walls and everything. Um, and then we went and then we went and got this ice cream truck. So like the story behind that was essentially we found this like company and they like do parties and birthday parties and all that kind of stuff. And we're like, hey, can we book your guys' like ice cream truck but no ice cream? And they thought it was weird, but they're like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so they let us go pick up the ice cream truck and then we got it and we went to and, and we and we started driving over to the spot. And um, at, at this time, we were maybe like a half an hour away from 4 p.m. And um, I'll, um, just, I start getting a bunch of videos and, and my friends are like FaceTiming me and stuff. And they're like, yo, look how many people are here. And it was just like a sea of people. It was insane. Like the whole car park was full of people. And I was starting to freak out. I was like, oh, shit, like the cops are going to see us and they're going to shut down even before we get there. So we start to like zoom over there. And as we're pulling in, like the cops try to like pull us over. And I was like, fuck it, just go in, just go in, just go in. We'll be sweet. So, so we drive in and there's just a swarm of people everywhere and and they're all just like screaming skip the boat skip the boat and, and we pull up and we open up like the ice cream window we start throwing out a bunch of clothing to everyone just it, like the thing that really sucked is like i wish we could have given everyone something but there was just so many people that it would have been impossible but we just threw out a bunch of shit um and it was just like the most craziest moment ever because like i think i think there's a photo of it um, that, that someone took and it's just like this ice cream truck in the middle of a car park and there's just a sea of people all like crowding around it and I just, I, I just thought that was like one of the most craziest things we've probably ever done. It was, it was so insane. Bro, when I first saw that on socials, I was like scrolling on, on the gram as you do. I literally thought it was like a rehearsed like music video, or like a skit. <laughs> and like this was all organized and you got everyone, okay, meet this location. Everyone chants, skip the boat. <laughs> but for that all to happen organically is just wild. So did the yeah. police end up having to pull over your ice cream fan? <laughs> Yeah, so and like break it up. <laughs> so so the police pulled up and um and a, a friend of mine, Mikey, he he went over to him, um and and the officer asked like, oh like what's going on here? Do you have a free tea? <laughs> <laughs> and then um essentially he's like, oh it's just like a fashion brand. They're doing like a giveaway, and and he was super cool about it. Like um he, he was like, oh yeah, that, that's sick. And I, I think he st- stuck around for a bit. And he's like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then he just dipped. So he he, he was so oh, nice sick. about it. I think like at the very end, like as we left, um. There's like four police cars that came and like then like shut it down, which is kind of perfect time because we were out by then. But I think it was because like people started like doing like drag like races and shit mm. like in the car park, which is. Uh, but yeah, the, the cops came and like sh- shut it down like straight after we left. So I was like, we we, we got in there, threw out a bunch of shit, gave, gave everyone a bunch of things, and then just dipped and we were sweet. Yeah, it's me. Yeah. Just goes to show like the power of like harnessing social media in like today's AJ. It's crazy. It is super crazy. Like, how do you utilize social media and, like, what are, like, the top ingredients that you have found to be successful in, like, navigating or creating that community that you have? I think um, it's it's all really about, like, creating hype. Um, and, and the thing that I, I don't think people really understand is that, like, almost, like, a week on social media is essentially, like, a year so I really value like consistency. Mm. Um, like I've I've posted nearly almost every single day for like the past two years. Bro, it's I like um, respect to you. It's so much work. Like yeah. I find it with like the podcast getting clips out and stuff. I've got mm. Ashton, which is doing an awesome job. But like 
fuck, it's like a full-time job, bro, like pumping yeah. out the content and even no. just make sure there's a story up. Man, it's a lot. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. And it, it's it's about finding like the right like balance of like good quality content and totally. quantity as well because like you, 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 like you don't just want to be pushing out shit. Yeah. Otherwise, like it's pointless. So it's like I really value quantity, but it has to be like the quality has to come with it. Mm. Um, but that... That's just a thing that that's like with within me where like discipline is very important. So like I, I understand that every single day I, I have to be posting, you know, and and if it's not every single day, you know, I, it's gotta be every second day. But like for the past two years, it's been almost every single day, um, just because I know that that goes such a long way for people. Because if, if if I'm gone for a week or something, it's gonna feel like oh the brand's fully disappeared. Yeah. So so it's constantly just like showing up and being there and posting so, so like people see that okay this is still happening oh okay this is happening now. this is happening mm. um, I think that's just crucial and I think people really like undervalue like the importance of like consistency mm, 100% I think like my favourite piece which I've seen you post has been I think there was like one day you like posted this video and it was really serious and you're like shit you know I don't know if I can do this business anymore um, like uh, running into like sort of redundancy over here got to go bankrupt basically and I was like shit I think you're like well I'll post more about it tomorrow and I was like man I saw this I was like real gutted for you I didn't even meet you didn't even know you but I was like that's so fucking sad I was like he's running all these live shows pumped everything into it it must have just ran out of cash and can't like you know create, create any more clothing <laughs> and then I was scrolling on um, Instagram the next day and I see an image of like the island boys and they're like, yeah. yo, what's up, fam? We just acquired Skip the Boat. Like, I was like, fuck, that's genius. It's so good. Yeah, no, that was an um, April Fool's prank that they played on everyone. And, and surprisingly, a bunch of people fell for it. Even, even Me, like, to I this, fell for it. <laughs> yeah, but like, e- even to this day, uh, uh, like after we told everyone that was an April Fool's prank, uh, People still come up to me like, "Yo, like I, I thought you sold the brand to the no, Island Boys." No way. And I'm like, "Nah, nah, man." But like, it was weird because um, like it kind of backfired in a way. Well, where so I, I dropped that Island Boys video, and instantly we lost like nearly like a thousand followers. Like people just started unfollowing. Like, what, man? Fuck. Because oh, it was, like, it was like, real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were like real pissed off about it. They're, like, man, like fuck you guys. Like, give it back to Herman. This is fucked up. And they were like fuming about it. And um, so it, it kind of backfired in that way, but. It didn't really, cause like I what like I just thought it was funny as fuck. So, so like, good, right? yeah. Um, and and they, they kind of you know cr- created like attention as well. And then I think because I felt bad, we, we like dropped like this ten dollar hat where we made like no money. I think we started like losing shit on it because it was so cheap. And it, it said like shit the bit. And it was like an April Fool's like yeah. drop. Um, but yeah, and uh, people to this day are still like, whoa, dude, I thought you sold the brand. I was like, oh, man. They're like bro, th- those island boys. Like fuck, how are they even like a real person? And they're like, do you see the lot? They're like hooking up with each other. And yeah, stuff it's crazy. No, it's like straight up like a cartoon. That shit's crazy, bro. It's a, it's a lot of commitment to get like tattered like that, eh? And just yeah. tripped out. Like fuck. they must make a lot off those cameos, though. Oh, I bet yeah, hundred percent they do. How much do you guys have to pay for that? I think it was cameo? like. It was like three, four hundred. Shit, that's pretty expensive. Yeah, and and the guy like fucked it up as well. Like I gave him like a script to say, and and it was so bad because like there was a part I was like, oh, like like do this, and he and he like read that out out loud, and I was like, oh, but then, then I just like chopped it up, and I tried to make it seem as like legit as possible. Damn, probably <laughs> not the smartest tools in the shed, eh? Mm. Far out, that's crazy. Um, my favorite piece of like from from one of your drops is the tea i'm wearing at the moment that says the freedom to dream is a privilege in itself um this is like some of the most uplifting like pieces of clothing which i've basically stumbled across basically every time i'm wearing this t-shirt and i'm out in public people usually stop me on the street 
um, or they acknowledge the T-shirt in some way and say, hey, that's really cool. And it's one of the T's, you know, you really see people staring at it when you're, when you're wearing it. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to get a bit more understanding around what like the ethos and the, the messaging is behind uh, these kind of T-shirts which you've made. Um, well, with like all, all of like the quote ones and everything, like the, the idea is, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's essentially like being able to like spread a message like almost every single time, like any time you're you're wearing it, you're you're promoting something that that you truly believe in, um, and yeah, and then the idea for that one, it it kind of came about. Um, it was it was a long time ago, but like um, it was essentially like I think I was like complaining about something, and I was like, wait a minute, but like at least like I'm I'm able to be able to like dream, you know, and and that and that's just like a huge privilege of being able to even have dreams because there's people in the world that that simply don't don't get that, you know. Like their their biggest thing in life is solely just trying to be able to like, you know, feed their family, mm. you know. So the fact that we 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 get a chance to live and dream of what we want to do, it's like why would we not do it? You know, like we're we're in this amazing position to be able to dream, so we should dream. Um, and th- those t-shirts are just a huge hit. Like people love them. I think the one um, that says "From me to you," I, I hope your dreams come true. That, that's a huge one. We got billboards for that and everything because we yeah. just truly believed in that like message. Um, and then we did one, which is probably like the best drop that we ever did. It was it was the green one, um, and and it was and it was all to like raise money for like mental health and everything. And people like really jumped on that and they loved that. Um, so I don't know. Um, it started off with the red one, and then we just people just really loved it and they loved being able to wear something that just had a message mm. so clear and you know so just out there mm. that anytime you're like on the street or anything like people can just see it and you know like it, it can it makes you feel a certain way yeah exactly you know like it, it's it's kind of kind of like um triggers something in you to like mm. think in a certain way or think of something yeah you know so i think it, it's, it's very impactful 100 mm, percent, and it's, it's so unutilized like usually with clothing and t-shirts in particular you might see designs or just writing of like the logo of the brand but actually having like a message which is designed to be read by others which isn't like a piss take because you also get those like you know mr thank you sort of like t-shirts which Mm. just say outrageous shit but like something which is hugely positive and especially sort of triggers them to like that emotional pull from people yeah, it's it, it's awesome, bro. I I, tr- I I truly truly love that quote, and um, yeah, it's such a such an awesome way to do it. Yeah, well, like uh, you know, like one thing I've always prioritized, and the reason that I started doing the clothing was like I wanted to tell stories, and even though like these ones are like a lot more like in your face stories, almost every single drop I do like has a meaning behind it or has like a purpose behind it that is trying to tell a certain story of something. Mm. Um, and you know, I've I've always just said that it's a lot easier to sell stories to people than it is like products. Mm. Um, and I think that's why people really support the clothing that we do because they're getting a chance to wear something that they're feeling, you know, and, and it's, it's done in a way where it's not always as obvious as like words on a tape, but it could be a photo that kind of re- represents something and it has an, an image that kind of makes them feel a certain way in the story that we're trying to like push out to the world. Mm. So yeah, I mean like, you know, you, you essentially are like what you wear in a sense, you know, like to, to an extent. Mm. Um, so you, you want to be wearing something that re- represents you in a certain way. Mm. It's a really good way to look at it. What's, what's next, bro? What's, um, let's set some goals. Yes. Yeah, um, so we still got three more shows of our tour. Um, so we got Wellington uh, tomorrow night, 
and then we're off to the South Island for Christchurch and Dunedin. Yeah. Um, so we're going to wrap up this tour, um, be done with that. And then there's there's just so many ideas that like we just got to pick and choose where we want to go with it. Um, you know, a big, a big thing for us is like really trying to like expand the brand as much as possible um, now and just really like cultivate like the people that are supporting us. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, at this point we have like a huge list of things that are like, all right, to-do list and there's just pages of it. So it's, it's it's essentially just going back to the drawing board, seeing what kind of position we're in and, um, you know, figuring out what the right next move is for us and mm. where we kind of go as as a brand. Mm. Um, but yeah. and, and the event space, like I'm sure lots of people have said this before, but like would like festivals be something which you consider? Yeah, um, it, it's, it's been on the cards for like a very long time and, and the goal for me, um, was always to do a festival with 50,000 people, um, you know, and I think with the experience that we've kind of learned so far um, and the experience that, that we'll continue to learn, I think, you know, that goal is, is very much achievable one day. Um, but the process and, and, and the step up from just like shows and the gigs that we've been mm-hmm. doing to an actual festival is such a big step where it's like if we're doing it, we, we, we have to do it right. Yeah, totally. um, and it just requires so much money to like really make it the way that we want to do it. Because if we were to do it, we, we want to make it special for everyone. You know, like, like it, it's got to mean something. It's got, it's got to be something really special for mm-hmm. the people. Um, so it's just trying to like piece these all together and figure out where it's best to do it how we want to do it, like what the aesthetic is and like what the vision for this festival really is. Mm. But it's definitely something that will happen one day. Fire Festival 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Did you see that doco? I did, I did, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I watched it a couple of times. Yeah, uh, that that would be a nightmare. So It's a wild day. Eh? Yeah, I mean like the the idea of it was, was insane. It was super mm. cool. The execution, not quite. The marketing was like world class. Oh, well. yeah. Like, you know, supermodels on the beach, yeah. like... <laughs> Hayley Bieber or whatever her name was before marrying Justin. And then, yeah, you could just see the anxiety from the poor dude like two weeks out. Yeah. Like, how the hell am I going to make this work? Yeah, I can't imagine the amount of like stress that they would have been in. Oh, oh dude, under that, crazy. Um, cool, we'll wrap up with some quick fire questions. But before we do, uh, where can people stay in touch with you and your mahi, bro? Um, our main platform is Instagram. So it's all at Skip the Boat. Uh, we have a website skiptheboat.com but yeah essentially if you search up skip the boat you're you're gonna find us you know we're on youtube as well we got facebook but yeah then it will chuck some uh links in the description wherever you're listening or watching this episode um herman what brings you true happiness what brings me true happiness i think what brings me true happiness is the people um around me and the moments that we create Mm. advice you wish you knew about when you were younger don't quit um, just believe in what you believe in don't let anyone tell you that you can't do something and stick with exactly what your vision is because whatever it is you can do it what does legacy mean to you? legacy <laughs> there's an inside joke with Val where he talked about um, <laughs> sorry legacy for me is, is creating something that, that's going to live forever um, and doing that the right way as well if you could change one thing in New Zealand, what would this be? The way we 
see other people doing cool things i wish we were a lot more supportive and i wish we saw by them winning we're winning as well amen brother what do you believe is the main thing that is holding back young people in new zealand old people telling them that they can't do what they want to do nice and we'll finish up with a quote i think it might be your quote don't know who wrote uh, the quote on there but it's a simple one we mentioned it before the freedom to dream is a privilege in itself cheers bro amazing thank you bro